The people of Nocto Carista, in both Bright City and the independent city of Dark City, have recently experienced some troubling and traumatic events. To make matters worse, sailors and ship captains have been returning to port, trembling, haggard, and mostly new, up to their distraught and spontaneous babbling about the voices on the water, and the curses on us all. Both cities are quite disturbed by these unsettling events and seeking assistance and a solution. Hey, and what's up? Welcome to Background Checks, a character and world building podcast. Uh, I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bobley. And I am Jake Bush. Brian, I, Brian, I don't think you should take that first attempt out. I think that epitomizes the energy we're coming at today at the end of a long week. Houston, I've been meaning to talk to you. You have this you have this habit that whenever someone makes a mistake, you have to call attention to it and we have to leave it in the episode. Exactly. <laughs> Intentionally. It's kind of my trademark. Is it, is it for authenticity's sake or you just want to showcase everyone's like... Okay, Jake. Jake, you're the editor. Leave in this conversation, but cut out my mess up at the start. Okay, deal. Okay. That'll be the fun. I, I think episode. it's just more fun. Like it just humanizes <laughs> us because we I, want the people to know that we're we're just humans. We're not we're not perfect podcasters we're not, like they, we are. We're not dancers. You had the are we human or dancer fruit that, hanging right there, given that you both just went to a killer concert last night. We didn't have to reference it, but now we are, which I'm fine yeah. with. That was the opening song, and it was a great opening song. I was actually thinking about how it was a perfect opening song. It's one that everyone recognizes, but it's not really anyone's favorite. So it's yeah. like you don't want to, you don't need it at the end, but you start with that, and everyone's like, I know this song. Anyway. Like, this is the killers. Like, you know that when you hear yeah. that song. You know, you know, human. And we've got some weird dancers on a, a recording playing in the background. So you know what kind of show this is. My favorite, like, Brandon Flowers comment on that song was how. I read an interview like 10 years ago or something where he was like, yeah, everyone was so confused by that lyric. And like, I don't, I don't get why, like, it seems pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. There's no, no attempt. To, yeah. I read that too. He didn't okay. explain it, but he just like was baffled that anyone was confused by it. So apparently we're all supposed to just know what it means. Yeah. And it is singular dancer, not, yeah, not dancers. I don't know. Okay. Let's, let's get into it. Jake, you're our quest giver today. Yes, I am. So, uh, as I just said, we've got some trouble on our hands on the high seas and maybe time for some adventure um, to give some more context to the situation here. Um, having learned that uh, their seafaring civilians from both cities are inflicted with the same ailment, um, the leaders of both of these cities have decided to break tradition and join up in hopes of solving um, this shared problem and perhaps defeating what might be a common enemy. So they are looking for a few willing souls who will board a shared vessel to investigate what may be happening upon the high seas and whether these mentions of a curse could be true. And, potentially, it is break the curse. Break the curse. I have a question. Have we determined who the leader of Bright City and Dark City are? I think Bright City was Mayor Bungalow Bill, but go ahead. Who's Dark City? Oh, no. Uh, Mayor Bungo Bill, he died in the uh, tragic uh, P explosion event. I'm pretty sure because I, I came up with a new leader. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> because uh, so basically they're they're forming a coalition. Right. These cities have been rivals if we've, as we've discussed. And uh, they are coming together because they're like, well, we're going to need all the help we can get. So we'll put our differences aside and work together. 
And so the leader of Dark City, whose name is um, Mr. Darkside, he <laughs> reached out to the leader of Bright City, who is, uh, let me see, check my notes, Mr. Bright. Okay, we, we do have to do some clarification on this, the two with, with Dark City. Because technically it's run, I'm doing Eric, like it's run by the syndicates, right? It's run by like, yeah, by the, the Triton triad. So I think this is like the figurehead. This is like the, yeah. the person they put in charge. They He's the puppet. Him basically. He, yeah. And it's like kind of an ambassador. We don't really know exactly what he does, but yeah. his name is Mr. Darkside. And then from Bright City. Um, yeah. I believe the name that I came up with all by myself was Mr. Brightside. Oh, Yeah. You know, the thought I did have during Mr. Brightside last night was like, I don't know why that's his name. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand that part of the song. I think it's ironic, isn't it? Because he's just, he's keeps complaining. He's stuck his head about negative thoughts. So he, uh, yeah, I guess. Falling apart. Yeah, he's like falling apart and it's like ironically optimistic or something. Have we that's- talked about the fact that there's a dick joke in that song? There's a dick joke in that song? It sounds like he's going to say dick and then he doesn't say it. But we're so used to the song now that we don't think of it anymore. What is it? Okay. I mean, there's a lot of like innuendo in that song and well, there is. Like direct sexual reference. But let me let me find the exact words here. I do remember okay. the song that went. I'm a dick. I'm addicted to you. <laughs> yeah. No. So it's um, now they're going to bed and my stomach is sick and it's all in my head. But she's touching his. Just now. I've never <laughs> noticed that. I'm, Holy cow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a, like that's an intentional joke that it You're sounds right. like because yeah, no, it has for to it be. To yeah. It's gotta be. I've listened oh. to that song thousands of times. I know. I've literally seen the killers live twice in the last six months, <laughs> and I never recognized that. I think the act. more you hear the song, the less equipped you are to figure that out because it feels so natural. Yeah, it's I, just like that's just the, like chess is just the lyric. We've all accepted that over the last yeah. twenty some years. Yeah. No. Do you think Brandon Flowers stays up at night just worrying about whether we've gotten that dick joke or not? Everyone, well, he probably is. He probably is frustrated, but he can't bring it up because it's like now it's yeah. like this huge song. He's like, oh, "Why does no one get the dick joke, Mr. Brightside?" So anyway, that's that's our, okay. No more, no more killers. No more killers references. Well, except for the fact that our, one of our characters is named Mr. Brightside. Okay, so the two ambassadors from Dark City and Brightside are Mr. Darkside and Mr. Brightside. That's what we've established? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I, I think there um, is the title we'll go through, and then we don't have to worry about it conflicting with anything we've said in previous episodes. Right. So, so okay, so these two come together, and they decided that, um, you know, they need to find some willing participants to, to board this vessel, as I mentioned to venture out and discover what's going on on the high seas because all of these horrible things have been happening to both cities. They think there could be some merit to the fact that there's uh, been potentially a curse and the sailors are talking about voices on the water. And uh, they even brought in one of these sailors who was just like gaunt and looked like shaken and was just white as a sheet. Mr. Brightside was like, I just can't look. It's killing me. (laughs) And so it's time that we take control of the situation. And they went out and they started searching for participants. And those are our characters. Are we doing this episode, much like the Beatles episode last time, where we're just going to try and reference as many killer songs into the actions we're taking? Nope, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as our characters come together on this ship, uh, Mr. Brightside is staying home. So it's done. Okay. <laughs> okay, who's going first? I think you've got it, Brian. Okay, I can go first. 
Um, my character is actually from both Bright City and Dark City, uh, in a way, in sort of a weird way. Um, I'm trying to decide the best order to tell this. He has he has a very co- this is the most complex backstory I think I've ever done, and I think that's saying something. I think we've all had some pretty complex ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Picture. Or Jed. Okay, let's start here. In Bright City, there is a nice little suburb, but it's sort of a mostly halfling neighborhood. So picture sort of a suburban shire. Um, and it's called Moondew. It's just very cute and very nice. A lot of uh, white picket fences. And, it, you know, it's very sort of quiet and boring, just sort of a suburb. And there's Teddy Moonbarrel, who is a, who is a halfling. Uh, and I, I almost said a class, but he, he didn't really have a class as a halfling. He was just a halfling person, you know? Just kind of living life. He had a job. Um, but then he had a wife and he had kids. But then one night, his wife is like, we got to get out of this boring life. You got to go down to Dark City and find us some drugs. This isn't what she sounds like. This is, this is just me retelling the story. <laughs> so this is basically, I feel like there's like a stereotype of like, oh, the boring couple who wants to like, you know, branch out and do something exciting, right? And so she sends him down into Dark City to, you know, find some, some fun drugs to, to, you know, we'll get a babysitter and we'll just, you know, we'll have, we'll do some drugs. I don't know. And, and that's, that's <laughs> what they talk to. Like, they don't know how to say anything other than let's do some drugs. Right. And so he goes down. He goes from like the, the most chill, friendly part of Bright City to like the shady underworld of Dark City. And he gets, he gets targeted by a tabaxi um, drug dealer who's known on the streets as escape. <laughs> Whoa. And, uh, he sees, like he cool sees name. this guy and picture, picture a halfling, um, halfling. Uh, what's his face from breaking bad, but like at the very start season one, right? That... What's his name? Brian Cranston, right? Like I don't know his character. <laughs> I, I thought you were trying yeah. to say picture the halfling from breaking bad. And I was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, I, I think I don't know who you're talking about, but it sounds like you're being offensive. Anyway, but it's probably offensive. Yeah, no, no. Just picture him as a halfling. Um, what's his name? What's the character's name? Walter, Walter, Walter White. White. Walt Which, White. ironically, uh, Mr. White was an alternative name for the leader of Bright City before I went to a Killers concert last night. Oh, nice. Um, okay, so so this guy's here, Teddy Moonbarrel, and he runs into uh, this tabaxi known on the streets as Escape. Uh, the the tabaxi picture like a like a cat version of Aaron Paul, right? Okay. So uh, it's kind of a Breaking Bad thing, but I don't, I've never seen it. So uh, I'm not actually referencing it. It's just those were easy references. Okay. So now this is where it gets crazy. Teddy Moonbarrel, he's looking for just some fun, right? Maybe something relaxing or maybe something like crazy and trippy, right? He doesn't know. He's just kind of looking around. This other guy, Escape, he's like, okay, I, I can definitely take advantage of this guy. So what he does, this guy, he is a fathomless warlock, and he has a contract with the patron of the deep sea, known as Fathom. <laughs> and he sees this guy, and he's like, this is how I get out of my contract. So he sees this guy, and he's like, hey, I'll give you some drugs. And he just gives them to him for free. And this guy's like, cool, this is amazing. I love this. And they swap brains, and the curse transfers with it. No. And now this guy, this like totally innocent Teddy Moonbarrel is now stuck in the body of this tabaxi drug dealer. And he has this, this warlock contract with the patron of the deep. Uh-huh. And so that's his whole thing. It's sort of a fall from grace, but not actually because he's, he's still going to be himself. He's still gonna be a super nice guy. He's just stuck in this world, this like deep, dark world. 
but he's got some cool abilities from being a warlock and he learns he learns the true name of his of the person who tricked him right it, on the street he's known as escape but his real name is this is like a thing that tabaxi names are often um like virtue names and so i had his real name be integrity and so um <laughs> petty moon barrel when he takes on the the body of this tabaxi which is all the time because he's trapped in it um he's gonna he's gonna go by integrity and decides to actually live up to it so he just becomes this really nice guy well he's always been a really nice guy <laughs> and he starts a business just sort of uh doing jobs for people out on his boat and sort of he can do some deep sea diving stuff now with his new abilities and so he'll he'll do salvage jobs and stuff like that it just kind of helps wherever he can so that's where that's where he's at now really complex way to get to a fairly simple character <laughs> I love it. Love it. It's like my mom always said, drugs are a gateway to warlock magic. And yeah. then he proves yep. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. My mom said that too. And she was right. <laughs> um, anyway, is it okay if I go next, Houston? Because I feel like Brian's character segues well into my character. Have at it. Because my character is also from both Dark City and Brandy, but inverted. Because he was born right. in Dark City, right? And um, then he tricked Rube into stealing his life. <laughs> no, not quite. It, that's that's this is where it deviates a bit. So that would be crazy um, if you had independently come up with the exact opposite character. <laughs> and then we, what? I would have been like last week when everything just freaked yeah. and was really freaky and aligned. But um, no, so he grew up in the slums. Um, that's all he really knows because he's an orphan and his parentage is, uh, he's pretty unsure about it. Um, he doesn't know who his father was, but he does know that his mother, when he was very young, something like seven, six, seven years old. So he really doesn't have that many memories from Dark City, um, decided, hey, I want you to um, have a better life than I can give you down here. So I'm sending you to Bright City. The thing is, they don't exactly accept people from Dark City up in Bright City, so we're just going to kind of sneak you in. And they board a little boat, and they row out of Dark City to kind of row around um, the, the island a bit and then come ashore so they can work their way to Bright City. But when they're en route, um, they encounter a sea serpent, unfortunately, um, breaks up their, their little rowboat, Mom drowns, but my character manages to cling to the wreckage and he is spotted by a, like an envoy of um, or like a patrol from Bright City. Um, they see him floating in the water and they pull him aboard and they're like, where did you come from? And uh, he can't really tell them because he's like incoherent and he's been traumatized. And they're like, it doesn't matter. Let's just take him back to Bright City. And they take him back to Bright City, where he trains uh, as an apprentice to be. Uh, basically, he works in a shop that makes weaponry, uh, specifically um, exploding peas. And he uh, lives out that life. And then when it comes time to uh, when, when all these troubles start, he kind of decides, you know, I want to join this like coalition of Dark City and Bright City. Um, adventurers, because I also want to know more about my heritage and I want to do the right thing. And his name is Billy Werner. Do we know yet who I'm referencing here? No. Okay, yeah, mid-length. Mid no, no, no. You're getting closer, though. 
Um, he's got like mid, like, he's got like long, like wavy hair. He's very dashing looking. Um, he uh, looks like he could be, you know, a blacksmith or a, or a swashbuckler or maybe even like an elf who is really good at shooting arrows. Will you, already, you already said it wasn't Timmy Turner. Not Timmy Turner. <laughs> <laughs> but he is Will Turner. I got it. Will Turner. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, there you go. Okay, okay. okay, there we go. There we go. We got it. Loosely got based that. upon that. Uh, because he is a, he's always considered himself lawful good, but more recently as he's gotten older, um, and he's living in kind of high society, uh, well, he's basically serving high society as, you know, just a, a craftsman. Um, he's become a bit jaded with that bright city and he wants to understand more about his background and his legacy from dark city. And he's a little bit worried that he may not be so lawful good. He's he's sure that he's good, but there might be some chaos in there. But he might be pirate good. I think that's an official alignment. Yes, in in our yeah world. yeah it's pirate good. Um, he, he's in his late twenties. Uh, highest stat is dexterity because he's really good at throwing exploding peas. Um, <laughs> also, he takes. I love that thing though. All because Yoko Ono tweeted that thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he also takes no responsibility for the fact that he sold her. Those he was just doing his job. Yeah. Um. And uh, <laughs> aren't there grapes? Don't pirates have grapes as like a weapon? There's like a type of thing you can shoot out cannons with grapes. It's called grape shot, and I think it yeah. just means. I always assumed that was just like a cluster of like small cannonballs. Yeah, I mean that about sums him up. Oh, he's a ranger. He uh, personality is kind of you know he's very ambitious. He's very go get him, but he's a little bit naive because he. He's kind of just grown up in Bright City working as an apprentice in this weaponry shop, and he now wants to go see the big wide world and understand more about where he came from and get in touch with more people from um, Dark City. So that's it. Nice. Cool. Um, I'll go next. Well, I guess I'm the only right. one's le- the only one left. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks for volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to tell you about Zan. Uh, Z-A-M. Man. Her last name is Sardum, T-S-A-R-D-U-M. She is from Shire Springs, which is in the southern shores. And we don't necessarily have a place in our world that is considered south because we don't use south as a direction. But it is just going to be the name of this place. So the southern shores, Shire Springs is the city within that region. Um, okay, but all on Nocto Cristo, right? Still, all on Nocto Cristo, yes. Um, the thing about Sam Stardom, she is a centaur. Uh, specifically, she's an aberrant mind sorcerer centaur, which makes her a psychic centaur sorceress. Nice, very On top of that, she's also a sailor background. So a psychic sailor is kind of a fun vibe. She goes and she's kind of like the, oh, we should port for the night because storms are coming. Um, so she spent most of her life out on the seas, uh, specifically on her silver ship, which she calls Stallion. Ooh, this is this is there's a lot of vibe going there on. There is here. a lot of vibe. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so as she's sailing, she has sailed with many sailors in the past. The problem is these curses, these siren songs, if you will, that are coming off the coast of Nocto Cristo, they took her crew. 
She can only describe them as the siren songs. That's the best link she has mentally to how what she thinks she they are. And so she's kind of dedicated herself to uh, teaming up with anyone who might have an idea or might have an ability to find the source of these siren songs and be able to do anything about it. For her, she was able to resist the thrall because of her psychic abilities, her psychic immunities. Um, and whether that is actually tied into what you want or not, Jake, I'm just establishing that's part of her whole ethos. So I also wanted to mention she is a really good singer, uh, especially of the pirate song variety. So I did write this song or this sentence, which I kind of feel like encapsulates everything I've gone over with Zam, which is Zam Sardom. The psychic centaur sorceress of Shire Springs Southern Shores sells the seas on the silver ship stallion, searching for soul and souls of siren songs, simultaneously seamlessly singing soprano sea shanties. <laughs> I was I was trying to figure out why you were avoiding saying sea shanties. I caught the alliteration on like the first half, but then I was like, why didn't he? That's a weird way to say sea shanty, saying a pirate style song. Oh, that was very fun. Um, but yeah, that. That should give you everything you need to know about Zam. Yeah, she's uh, she's Sailor Moon. I I guess Sailor Centaur, really. Yeah, sure. I don't know anything about Sailor Moon. I just said that. I don't I, either. I just said it because Moon is sort of a theme in our world, right? We got twelve moons. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So it looks like we got our our characters, and uh, so I guess that means it's time to uh, take some time for Houston to roll a freaking one again. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, but before that, um, as the three of you kind of introduce, well, the three of us, are, or the three of our characters, introduce themselves to uh, Mr. Darkside and Mr. Brightside. Uh, Mr. Brightside just wants to say a few words, and he says, "Well, I know that our cities have experienced, you know, some bad blood and some jealousy, but now we're turning these saints to the sea, and they're going to swim through these sick lullabies." Um, and we all have an alibi, but that's just the price we pay because destiny is calling us. Um, so Beautiful. It's time to open up our eager eyes. Hi, I'm Mr. Bryce. Beautiful. Zam starts singing along with that. Nice. Singing what? There's, there's no song. You're just talking. For, yeah, you're just making a statement. Well, I'm making it melodic, she says. All right. It's to the tune of Freebird. <laughs> okay, I rolled. All right, I should probably roll too. Would you like to go first then, Brian? Sure. Why not? Um yeah, so I or should I say Integrity? Integrity volunteers to like to use his ship um in in conjunction with what oh, what's Sailor Zan's ship? Uh Stallion the Silver Ship. Yeah, so it's Stallion, and I, and I didn't name mine. Mine's name is Moondrop. <laughs> and uh, he he's like, okay, I, I've been out there in those waters plenty. I think we can cover really good ground if we uh, kind of are in good contact, and we need communication is key to, for this team to have success. And uh, so he he sort of works out. He's, he maps out a lot of areas, and he's also able to... He doesn't need to breathe underwater, which is exciting. So he actually, like... He probably lets one of the other people's probably um, what was it Bill Bill Werner? Yes, Billy. He goes. He lets Bill 
he lets Billy uh, pilot uh, the moon drop. Says like, I think it's time for you to claim the ocean. And so then he jumps in the ocean. He's doing epic. That's an epic statement. Yeah, it's time for you to claim the ocean. I and for you to claim the ocean. I think he's. I think it's just his fatherly instincts just kind of kicking in, because um, it's just natural to him, right? He's he's a dad. That's who he is. And he he dives in the water. And so I think I think his part of the operation is the scoping, sort of finding things. Uh, and he rolled a fifteen, so we do pretty well. Okay. 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 So fortunately. That is a very good approach, and um, uh, Integrity swims ahead, kind of scouting things out, and surfaces, and he sees, and he starts to hear some strange voices that are quite alluring, and um, he goes back under the water, swims uh, in that direction a little bit more, comes back up, and he sees a small island, a very small island, with just a few huts and a few trees, and on that island, he sees a few sirens who are singing their siren song to lure in sailors and anyone on the high seas. And then he also sees in cahoots with them, a clan of sea hags. <gasps> we all know are capable of putting curses upon individuals. And in this is all starting to add up. Yes. Okay. So my character, Billy, when he hears that he's going to be uh, driving the ship, he gets very excited because he's like, this is amazing. And then uh, some of the other people are like, hey, I've, so you like work in a weaponry shop. Do you actually know how to sail a ship? And he's extremely confident. He's just like, well, it's in my blood. I'm, I'm sure it won't, it won't be a problem because from what I understand, my mother uh, and I were sailing to Bright City when I was just a child. And I also believe that my father may have been a sailor or something of that sort. So I'm sure I won't have any problem with this. And so he gets on the ship and he, uh, they, they raise anchor, they open sails, they start sailing out in the direction that um, Integrity began swimming. And uh, then there's just like a single rock right there in the bay that they just have to steer around to get out into open water, and he just crashes right into it. Did you roll and the natural one? Stops, and he says, I'm sorry, guys. I really, I overestimated my ability to captain a <laughs> ship. I've never been on a ship before. <laughs> <laughs> a ship! And, uh, <laughs> and he rolled a two. <laughs> it's not a one. Okay. So it's not an auto failure. Not, uh, it's not all lost. Things aren't completely lost, but we are, taking on water. Okay. we are taking on water and we haven't made it. I'm very moon, nervous about so. the moon dew. I think you can anticipate not having moon dew anymore, is what I'm gathering yeah. from this. No, but I think I think I I don't know yet. I don't think my character knows yet. He, he's out ahead scoping and he's he's excited to be helping and Maybe this is the end to all of his his struggles. He's very excited, and he does not notice that his ship is not doing well coming out of the harbor. Yeah, and I mean, my character's like intention was like he really didn't have an approach other than I'm sailing the yeah. ship, and I'm I'm fulfilling my destiny. And he didn't even really get that far, so that was about it. Nice. All right. Well, I'll jump in at this point. I'll volunteer. I think. Zam sees the ship go down. He goes, oh boy, I, I signed up with the wrong crew. <laughs> then she does like a little psychic messaging to 
she reaches out mentally to integrity and kind of goes like, hey, uh, with your scoping, can you find like a like an underwater cave or some sort of like tunnel maybe that leads onto this island for some sort of sneak attack? And I'm going to assume with your success that you are able to find that, Brian. Okay. Is that allowed? I'll allow it. Okay. So then Sam uh, sets up her ship off the coast, gets the cannons ready as a distraction. And she's got some shipmates uh, that she's put like mandrake earmuffs on so that they're not being drawn to the sirens by their thrall. And so while they are bombarding the island, Zam is going to cast Polymorph on herself, rather on half herself, because she's going to transform from a centaur into a seator, which is a, a centaur seahorse, if you will. Oh, okay. Uh, and she's going to dive into the water, where normally centaurs are really bad at swimming, but because she's part seahorse now, now she's great at it. And she's going to swim to the cove or the tunnel that Brian has found. Uh, sorry, integrity is found. And she's going to, yep. uh, with all the magic that she possesses, burst out through the tunnel and create this giant vortex that crashes through the middle of the island. And then with all the power of her sorceress level, which matches her role, she is a level 18 sorceress and she does a level 9 tidal wave that pushes the hags and the sirens just into range of the cannons, and the cannons blast them apart. Nice. Amazing. So the, just, just everything's just destroyed. Is that what's happening? I guess so. Okay, the moon cool. do and the hags. So well, you, I guess we gotta you, figure out the average. I assumed with mine and Brian's rolls. Wait, what was yours, Houston? Yeah, what, yeah, what did you roll? It was 17. Okay, let's see. Uh... I'm doing the math right now. It was 17, 15, and 10. Well, that's still, uh, that's still an average of 11. Okay, so uh, That's a mixed success. Yeah, and I would say that the conclusion from that is that the mixed success, uh, the success is in favor of both Dark City and Bright City because, well, they destroyed the Sea Hags and they destroyed the Sirens and the island, and so the curse has been broken. But uh, bad news is that the ship belonging to integrity is now completely underwater and uh billy also never bothered to learn how to swim and so he drowned in the process of <laughs> trying to trying to pilot this ship out of the bay yeah. so the whole ship thing really turned out to be pretty unnecessary but amazingly we still won <laughs> yeah. i think uh i think uh, integrity's the way of approaching this is like okay I, it's fine the only reason i had the ship was because i was stuck in this other life but maybe Maybe I have more hope that I'll be able to break break my own uh, situation because his isn't a curse, right? His is a contract he got stuck with, which I guess is a curse. Um, so anyway, he's feeling hopeful because it's the only way he knows how to feel. Um, and Zam psychically messages to uh, Integrity and is like, I, I think Billy wasn't that useful anyway, so I don't think it's the worst <laughs> thing that he was the one we lost. Agreed. Except... He was like a son to me in the conversation I had with him. <laughs> I was indifferent, so I I guess that's my cards on the table. Yeah. What was your did you have a did you have like a reference person for your Oh for Zan? Uh I I didn't. I have a mental image of what she looks like, but I don't have a 
famous actor or actress that matches to it. Okay. Um, let's just say Julia Roberts, but like never smiling. Sure. Okay. That's probably Good. the closest I can think of. Sure. That works. Um, that's very fun. And she was a seahorse woman for a little bit. Sea yep. tour. A sea tour. Are we establishing that that's actually a thing, or is it just a thing that when you're a centaur and you can do polymorph, you can do? I don't know if there are other sea tours in this world, but I think she's paved the way that that has that's going to become part of the colloquial like vocabulary of like, oh, what yeah, if sea yeah. tours are a thing? Like maybe it's part of this world's mythology or like their fantasy novels that they're starting to write now. Yeah, it's like you hear a story about sea tours, and it's like. You guys know those are just centaurs that did polymorph. The same way when we talk about mermaids, it's like, yeah, they're probably just manatees. Also, I just kind of realized that the sea tour is probably just a mermaid with just like a weird tail. Mm. Huh. But yeah, just sort of a curly tail. Curly tail, yeah. I guess I'm not as inventive as I thought I was. Huh. <laughs> what if there was a person who the top half was a person and the bottom half was some kind of fish? Called us. I mean, the fact that we didn't notice it until the end here, uh, I think it's still, I think it's still very creative. Oh, we can cut this out. <laughs> okay, so then realizes nope. it. I am overruling Houston's desire to cut something <laughs> out, and we're leaving every bit of it. Yeah, in. I was hoping you nice. forget that. <laughs> All right, cool. Anything else? That's it for me. Uh, I just want to say that you know, as we're finishing up our Nocto Caristo uh, arc, it it ended up pretty well. And I think that, you know, the mixed success of defeating this curse um, and the tragic loss of uh, our beloved Billy really did kind of bring the two cities together. And they're still enemies, but not as much as they were before. What if we what if we do sort of a statue of him? And that's what people sort of they were like, everyone's like, yeah, he he was he was probably a nice guy and he probably shouldn't have gone on a mission because he didn't really contribute anything. And then he died. And everyone's just kind of agreed in this like really neutral opinion of him. They're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I th- but I think like the more optimistic people see him as like an emblem of the willingness to cooperate, even in the face of you know when the odds are against you. So that has also brought. He's not the hero they needed, but he's the hero they deserved. Is that the is that the conclusion? Um, not the hero that they needed. He's the hero that they appreciate the effort for. <laughs> <laughs> He's the hero that did all right, and people are kind of willing to recognize effort. This plaque, this plaque just says, not the hero we needed. <laughs> That's the end of it. <laughs> but he was a hero in his own way. In my mind, it's kind of the equivalent of, like, what would the history books say in Lord of the Rings world if Pippin just, like, died after the first movie? <laughs> yeah, he was there. Didn't really contribute much, but I guess we'll make a statue in his honor. That's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah, I feel like if he's following uh, any similar arc to Will Turner, we do find out he's got some like crazy backstory stuff, but we didn't get to see it because yeah. he was bad at a ship. He was bad at running my ship. Turns out when you don't have Jack Sparrow Cobra to help you out, then. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Let's end it on that. Uh, thanks for listening to Background Checks. Uh, that was up and bye. Bye. <laughs>